Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and blessings and welcome to another installment of the Gist of Freedom and State. This show is produced by acclaimed historian, educator, and author Leslie Gist and serves as our weekly live online discussion to celebrate the African-American experience by honoring all the people past and present, black and white, who with faith and focus are preserving our rich history through literature, the arts, the skilled trades, and the humanities. We thank you for joining us tonight, and we'd love you to be a part of tonight's discussion by calling in with your comments or questions to 347 324 Five, 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 two. Hello? Hello? You, hi, Natasha, you're on. It's oh, pleasure. hi. How are you? Okay. I'm great. You're going to be interviewing Mr. Ken Sargent. Okay. And he is on the line. Okay. okay. Great. Hi, Mr. Sargent. Um... My name is Natasha, and I'd like to find out more about um, your activism in Harlem and your attempts to uh, save the Alhambra Ballroom. Um, could you give us a little bit about your background? Uh, sure. Um, I'm a commercial photographer by trade. I uh, became very involved in uh, uh, historical video about uh, 20 years ago, and um uh, through um, through that avenue, I was uh, led, uh, along with some associates, to form uh, an historical society in uh, 2006. Uh, we began uh, efforts to secure a, a charter from the uh, New York State uh, Board of Regents uh, to con- conduct an oral history interview. Uh, with uh, which I've been very uh, involved in the last uh, eight to ten years. Um, our activities center around Harlem, obviously, and uh, w- you know, we're very grassroots in our approach. Uh, uh, I-, I like to characterize myself as a street corner historian, uh, and you know I like to get out and press the flesh and, and pick people's brains about the uh, important matters of. Uh, uh, note to the community. Now we're speaking not about the Alhambra, uh, but in fact about the Renaissance Ballroom. And the Rennie uh, was built uh, between 1919 and 1923 uh, by uh, a group of uh, Eastern Caribbean uh, immigrants, uh, tradespeople. Uh, Mr. William Roach uh, had a cleaning company and. Uh, What's kind of remarkable about it is that uh, these guys of modest means came over here, had a huge vision, and uh, had the gumption to uh, to see it uh, to completion. Uh, so the the Renaissance Ballroom actually opened up around 1922, uh, fully three years before the term uh, Harlem Renaissance. Uh, hit the popular parlance, so uh, it, it, it's significant on 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 many levels. Um, from right. That and uh, and 
who, like in terms of celebrities, who who was associated or attended the ballroom and performed there? Uh, well, pretty much anyone you can you might imagine, uh, in keeping with the times. Uh, uh, Fletcher Henderson, uh, Duke Ellington, Ella Fitzgerald, uh, Zora Neale Hurston, um, Du Bois was said to have uh, have appeared there. Uh, it was kind of like a cultural crossroads, and um, it uh, I like to characterize it as an enterprise zone uh, to to coin a, a term that's in popular use today, uh, because there was a variety of businesses that ran the gamut from uh, bakeries to jewelers to cleaning uh, uh, stores, uh, theaters. Uh, Barbershops. It was just a whole host of business activity that issued uh, from uh, this this corner, and in fact, uh, there was what was called the Harlem Exchange uh, mm-hmm. downstairs, and and that was kind of a, a place through which uh, import and export activities took place. There was some banking of numbers that that uh, took place there as well. Um, it indeed was a a, a business uh, engine and a cultural mm-hmm. engine at the same time. Um, Where is the ballroom located? The ballroom is on the um, it's it's its technical name is the Renaissance Casino and Ballroom, mm-hmm. and it occupies the corner between 137th and 138th uh, on uh, Adam Clayton Powell. Uh, wow, that's really close to me, <laughs> where I live. Is it? Yeah, it's really close. Uh-huh. So you've obviously seen this kind of squat uh, brick building. Um, as you look at it, um, it, it uh, you know, it's it's not... It doesn't sing a song to you, but if you mm-hmm. look at it in great detail, you'll notice that there is a, an extraordinary level of care that went into its making. And as you look at the top of it, there's a surround of uh, Tunisian uh, tiles mm-hmm. uh, imported from North Africa. And uh, there's just really uh, quite quite a... a a success story that that uh, issues from all aspects of this building. So what exactly is happening with the ballroom now? Well, um, it was last active in uh, 1979, and uh, Abyssinian Church uh, acquired it in the mid-'80s. And Mm -hmm. uh, their intention um, was to uh, restore it and... uh, and I think they also had intentions of building up and over, uh, adding some some housing uh, in addition to preserving the additional business a- uh, the original business assets. Um, Abyssinian through the 80s, 90s, and uh, right up until a year ago um, seemed intent on. Uh, restoring it, um, they opposed the landmarking process, um, I suppose on the theory that uh, the cost attendant on uh, uh, building to landmark status would have been prohibitive. 
So the building um, was brought up for uh, landmark status in uh, the early 90s. I think it was 91, uh, and and uh, the uh, the proposal was rejected at time that time. It was again rejected in 2007. Um, so I mean, here you have this uh, really extraordinary um, icon of the times that has unfortunately been been left without uh, protection. And uh, at a certain point, uh, it seems that the church uh, became, uh, I, I don't know quite the word to apply to it, but the church decided that they were not going to proceed with their plan to develop it. And they sold it to a developer, uh, one BRP Corporation, uh, in April of this past year, and uh, shortly after acquiring uh, uh, the title to the property, BRP applied to the Buildings Department to uh, demolish the building, mm-hmm. uh, and that's that's when the, the fur and feathers started to fly. Uh, my friend uh, Michael Henry Adams, who's a, a very um, dedicated uh, preservationist, basically put his body on the line and, and uh, drew a lot of attention uh, to it and can be heard uh, every Sunday uh, bellowing, save Harlem now. Uh, mm-hmm. And he's, he's, he's very serious and committed about uh, the need to save Harlem's uh, uh, historic and cultural assets. Uh, if you mm-hmm. look uh, at uh, downtown versus uptown, there's a huge disparity in the um, the number and percentage of buildings, uh, significant buildings, that are landmarked. Uh, and mm-hmm. uptown, uh, we typically have these great buildings that don't enjoy uh, the preservation uh, laws, and uh, and wind up at the hands of uh, the wrecking ball. I mean, another example, recent example, was. Uh, BRP's destruction of the uh, the historic uh, Lafayette Theater, uh, mm. I think, which occurred in 2013. Um, so um, our hope is mm. to um, to drum up enough uh, community interest to um, apply a sufficient level of pressure to have the developer reconsider their plan. Uh, their, their initial plan called for its demolition, and they were going to build uh, 134 units of housing, 80% uh, luxury, uh, 20% uh, uh, stabilized. Uh, and what we would like to see is some sort of a hybrid that mm-hmm. uh, preserves the uh, historic assets and allows them to uh, build up over and within uh, the perimeter, uh, which we view as very salvageable. Mm-hmm. Um, their initial uh, account um, called the entire property unsalvageable. We do not believe this to be true. Uh, and we believe that through a process called adaptive mm-hmm. re- reuse, um, the building can be salvaged, and uh, and the developer can uh, enjoy 
the uh, the asset and and complete the uh, the housing that they're tasked with uh, building. Okay, um, I do believe we might have um, callers. Uh, so I we'll start that in about I guess, fifteen minutes. We'll start taking calls. Okay, so what would you like me to do? Okay, so I just have a quick question for you. Um, sure. Um, so, there, in terms of activities, there, was there a major protest around uh, leaving the building, and what actually happened? Yeah. Um, every every Sunday at eleven o'clock, there is a group of uh, protesters that uh, that meet on the corner, and uh, it's a very di- diverse group of uh, uh, basketball enthusiasts, uh, dance enthusiasts. Um, people who are strictly enamored with the look of the building, and uh, and that protest takes place at 11 uh, o'clock uh, every uh, Sunday. And um, uh, there is a paper petition that is uh, circulating uh, to build up uh, the number of uh, Harlem uh, and New York residents there's also an online uh, petition, uh, which now has close to 5,000 signatures on it, um, which can be found at the hashtag SaveTheRenny, uh, no spaces. Uh, and, and again, our, our hope is that by demonstrating uh, to the developer that this is more than brick and mortar that they're dealing with, they're really dealing with the cultural zeitgeist of Harlem. Uh, this is mm-hmm. bigger than us. It's bigger than them. Uh, and and uh, our feeling is just because they may enjoy the legal right to do something, it does not make that the right thing to do. So right. hopefully uh, they will see the light and and uh, and join us and and explore how we can can uh, make this a win-win. Okay. All right. So we actually have a call on the line, caller seven three two. Okay. Yes. Good evening. Uh, wonderful show, by the way. Uh, hello. Have, hello. Yes, I'm here. Hello. Yes. yes hello. Hi. Yes. Yes. I hear you. I said wonderful show, by the way. I have a comment, and then I'd like your perspective on my comment. Okay. One of the things that I, I've noticed uh, in, is this phenomenon of black people not really appreciating their cultural institutions. But one of the things I'd like to kind of bring to attention is the way that we respond to these challenges are usually in the form of protest. The reality, in my point of view, is that without money, we're we're going nowhere. Black people will protest, but they won't raise money to engage in a legal defense, and that's what our problem tends to be. We are so modeled and so patterned into protesting without financing. And until we get to that point, we will lose every single time. And, and, and again, because of our lack of unity, we, 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 we never get to a point where we actually see um, a common bond and a common need to protect our, because there's no mm-hmm. sense of our, cultural institutions, mm-hmm. your perspectives. Um, I think you raised some very good points. Um, and I know from, from my own personal standpoint, during many of the years in in which this property was slated for development, um, I may have walked past it 
a thousand times. And in my mind's eye, I said, the church has got this. I don't have to worry about that. It's in good hands. And it seems like the process has been uh, very insular uh, and that uh, they undertook something that uh, was maybe bigger than um, their vision. And at a certain point, um, perhaps they could have looked to other quarters within our community. They might have looked to the hip-hop community. They might have looked to the basketball community. They might have looked to the Caribbean community. Um, and indeed, in, in recent weeks... And that's weeks, because it was used for as a basketball court. There was also, you know, a movie theater, a 900-seat movie theater in there, right? And that's why you're saying that those are the type of people people that they could have looked to for some type of support. Exactly. The, the, the Harlem Rens were an iconic team. Um, they were... Um, they were legendary. They were world champions. They were the precursor uh, to modern basketball. Um, it, it seems to me that, that somewhere within the very highly compensated basketball community, there might be supporters for a project mm-hmm. like this. Mm-hmm. I don't know how far, wide, and how deep um, the inquiry uh, was uh, in terms of reaching out to people like that. Uh, I, I'm quite, quite frankly, a relative newcomer to this issue. Um, it, I did not become involved until it became painfully evident to me that the intention of the developers was to demolish the structure rather than preserve it. Uh, and then at that point, um, my sentiments went from resignation to indignation. Uh, and I think that a lot of people in the community uh, share in this indignation. Um, but will they raise money? That's the point. Is that at whatever point that they realize that this is a problem, I think the the problem is the way that, and, I, and we need to be critical as a community. The way that we respond to these issues is that we get out, we march, we scream, but we don't raise money to preserve. We don't raise money to defend. And until that happens, and until we keep stay away from this old, they've got it. The fact that you have so many uh, black churches in Harlem that raise so much money on a Sunday, it, it makes this issue seem pathetic. It How does. Let this and happen. and there, there's, there's preservation money that would be available for this if, in fact, it had landmark status. <laughs> but, but it doesn't enjoy landmark status because of the efforts of certain people that didn't want that to happen. So, now, is you it know, too late for it to get landmark status, or is that something that can still happen? Um, because of the new ownership, I know that probably poses some problems. I, 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 I can't give you a solid answer on that. I, I, mm-hmm. I don't know that they can can uh, be subjected to uh, another appeal for landmark status. But even within, even if it's not landmarked, there still exists the possibility that the structure can be adaptively reused. It doesn't right. have to be, it does not have to be an either-or situation, in, in my humble opinion. Mm-hmm. They, can, they can build their 134 units of, of housing uh, in, in a fashion that's harmonious with the existing structure uh, and, 
and everybody wins. But uh, in answer to the gentleman's question, I, I don't know what points of inquiry were made in regard to, uh, to to funding for it. I know I don't have those zeros in my pocket to do it. Um, okay. Hopefully there are some people out there who, in light of the uh, additional attention that it's enjoying right now, uh, may emerge and, and, and take a stake in it. Uh, Okay. So we'd like to thank caller 732 for um, chiming in and giving us some of your feedback. Um, I have a question. So do you know if the – I believe the ballroom would be located in Community Board 10. Has the uh, Community Board approved the developer's proposal for the new development, or do you know where they are in this process? Um, The – the developer, as I understand it, had carte blanche to, to go ahead and do whatever they wanted to do um, with the um, um, transfer of the property and with the uh, awardance by the building's department of a demolition permit. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we're, we're on short time right now. Um, the community board's land use uh, committee um, invited representatives from BRP Corporation, and they um, did, in fact, attend a meeting that took place uh, about three weeks ago. Um, My understanding is that at the meeting, it was decided to uh, back burner the demolition um, pending a discussion of other um, possible uh, treatments. Um, so, um, f- fortunately, um, uh, BRP has agreed to talk. Uh, what the outcome of that discussion uh, uh, will be, um, I'm certainly not in a position to say. I'm, I'm not uh, attuned to the, the legal nuances that uh, that uh, govern this situation. Uh, you know, my interest is is as a preservationist uh, and. Uh, and hopefully to uh, to spur enough awareness uh, that people won't um, just let this place go passively into the dust. Uh, unfortunately, there are no do-overs in a situation like this, and uh, here we have an iconic piece of property uh, that we could all be looking at, much like uh, Penn Station uh, of uh, old, um, and uh, which was allowed to be demolished and, and basically served as the catalyst for the whole historic preservation movement. Um, okay. Yeah. Well, we've been seeing some names floating around. I wanted to know maybe you could give us some insight into who these people are who were involved. Um, mm-hmm. Name Henrietta Lye. Um, uh, Henrietta Lyle uh, is, uh, I believe, the head of Community Board 10 and um, has, uh, um, is charged uh, with uh, governing uh, land use matters that come up um, relating to her jurisdiction. And what about Brian Benjamin? How has Brian been involved in that? I'm, I'm not clear on... Uh, um, who he is. I, I, I believe he sits on the community board, but I'm not 100% certain. Mm-hmm. And what about Cheryl Willis? Cheryl Willis is a, uh, a journalist 
TV journalist from New York One uh, who um, uh, visited with us uh, several weeks ago and did a feature uh, mm-hmm. that uh, talked about various aspects of the uh, the issue. Okay, that's awesome. So right now it seems like the appeal is to the developers for them to have a conscience in terms of wanting to do a compromise in terms of what, you know, yeah, their the, the, building the plans. Ball, the ball kind of is in the developers' court. Um, mm-hmm. um, because absent the, the, the landmark uh, status, um, it's kind of up to them to do to do the right thing or to do what they consider to be the right thing. Mm-hmm. And, um, and at this point, case, there's really no indication which way they're going to go. You know that they've been open to hearing what the community has to say, but they they haven't given you any insight in terms of whether that, or not they're that, going to... Uh, that, that, is, that is my understanding, yes. Okay. And what is it that the community at large could do to help with in terms of this movement? Um, are there specific things that people can do um, to support the cause? Well, um, the the politicians that are um, in the mix on this are responsive to to local input. Mm-hmm. Uh, and who would who, who would those who would those politicians be? Um, see, would I know there's. Assemblyman Keith Wright in that area. There's um, uh-huh. yeah, uh, uh, Keith Wright, uh, uh, the Honorable uh, Inez Dickens, uh, mm-hmm. uh, perhaps uh, the mayor. Uh, when I mm-hmm. when I wrote the uh, petition, um, I I wrote it uh, to the mayor's attention, but the uh, certainly the uh, the borough pres- president. Um, um, I, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, these are all avenues to which uh, uh, correspondence uh, should be directed, okay. uh, and, and likewise, um, anyone uh, interested in um, signing on to our petition uh, can find it at the, at hashtag uh, Save the Rennie, um, mm-hmm. and also on the Harlem Cultural Archives uh, uh, Facebook site. We we have the uh, petition online petition located there as well, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and and just show up on on uh, Saturday and and join uh, the other interested parties and 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 make your voice seen and heard. Uh, you know, I, I think that what is very telling about this is when I talk to people from the community, maybe half are aware that. Uh, that the uh, structure is straight is slated for demolition. Right. Uh, a lot of people speak very nostalgically about it. Uh, they, it's almost like a comfortable old pair of shoes that you assume will always be there, and then someone right. decides that it's time for a house cleaning, and then your your nice old shoes are are uh, are uh, taken away. Uh, right. and, and I think it's that kind of complacency that will allow. Serenity to be uh, destroyed. Uh, if people don't speak up, if people are not activists, uh, there'll be no pressure. And why would the developer do anything other than uh, what's expedient? Right. And your friend Michael was actually arrested during the protest, is that correct? Yes, he was. Okay. And is everything going to turn out okay in terms of that? 
Um, <laughs> that's an interesting question. I think it raises some really interesting First Amendment uh, issues. Mm-hmm. Um, but they have allowed Michael to uh, to bellow uh, uh, safe Harlem now. Um, I don't know if they're monitoring the decibel level. I don't know quite what the criteria is, but he has not been arrested again uh, in the uh, in the intervening weeks. So, uh, I'm just curious: has the politicians in the in the area um, in that district have they said one way or the other where they stand on the issue? If they're in support of it, or you know how they how they feel about um, seizing uh, the ballroom? I I haven't uh gotten a clear uh, bead on uh, on on where the politicians uh stand on it mm-hmm. and and I think that their stance will uh, be largely contingent upon the response that they hear from their uh, constituency right. if their if their constituency is silent on the issue uh they're not necessarily going to uh to get in, involved, and if their constituency raises a little ruckus, then then it becomes more compelling and, and uh, an issue that will rise on their radar. Mm-hmm. And has the church spoken out about any of this since they relinquished the ownership rights to the building? Um, no, not not that I'm aware. Mm-hmm. Okay. And is there anything else you'd like to what the uh, People that listen to the show know um, anything. Um, I know you gave us the hashtag, and you want, do you want to spell it out for people? Um, the hashtag again, so that you know everyone has a clear. Okay, that would be hashtag Save the Rennie, no spaces. And and I think uh, the takeaway from all of this is that if you look around Harlem and even the city at large, you've got the Hearst Building downstairs uh, downtown that's taken. Um, an iconic old structure and and put up a remarkable um, 21st century er ergonomic energy efficient structure atop Mm -hmm. it. Now in Harlem you've got uh, the Audubon Ballroom, Uh, Mm -hmm. you've got uh, on 135th Street you've got uh, the uh, Thurgood Marshall uh, uh, High School that sits atop uh, what used to be Small's Paradise. So it's not a question of whether development should occur. Development mm-hmm. will occur. It must occur. But it, it really needs to be in harmony with the community. And, and okay. it, it can't trod over valuable cultural assets. Um, Jackie Kennedy back in the 60s had a, had a great uh, uh, quote, she said, is it not cruel to let our city die by degrees, stripped of all her proud monuments, until wow. there's nothing left of all our history and beauty to inspire our children? Wow. But, you know, uh, you, you, we can't just run roughshod over our historical legacy, and that that's, right. that's what's happening here. Right. I'm just curious, um, have you guys partnered with any other organizations? Because um, I remember there, a few years back with uh, 
gentrification happening. There were a lot of um, mom and pop stores, like there was a record store that was uh, being asked to move out, and so mm-hmm. and there was there was some some organizations that were involved in trying to preserve the mom and pop stores. Have Have you guys been uh, collaborating with some of the other organizations in Harlem? Uh, well, there's a collaboration uh, between uh, the uh, the Black Fives uh, uh, basketball organization mm-hmm. uh, and Harlem Cultural, mm-hmm. um, the um, uh, movement to um, oh my goodness, Connie Lee, what is her organization? Uh, that's a preservation uh, based uh, organization. So yes, I mean we're we're certainly open. To collaboration uh, and and certainly, I mean, we don't want to be seen as adversarial to the developer. We want to mm-hmm. um, to use whatever uh, assets and and strengths that we have to help make this uh, process a win win. Uh, right. So you know, again, um, I mean, I would think also it would be you know just thinking about uh, with land use committee and, and I know that with uh, Buildings that have been um, uh, deemed, you know, landmark buildings, but there's a lot of tax abatements that go with that. And so yeah, there, maybe there, are, there are definitely incentives uh, um, uh, for for the builder um, to to make this happen. Now, that that mm-hmm. is not my specific area of, of mm-hmm. expertise, and, and I don't right. want to, to come off as as being more knowledgeable than I am about it. But mm-hmm. but I I do know that there are provisions uh, to make this process uh, happen. You can look throughout the city, and there are fabulous theaters that have been brought from literally the point of of dust uh, back to life. And look on 125th Street if you on a 125th and uh, and Park Avenue. There's the Corn Exchange that was rubble two years ago. Mm-hmm. I mean it was mm-hmm. really brought down from seven stories. There was only one story remaining, and now it is fully restored to all its its grandeur. So, um, you know, it's not uh, an issue of this can't be done. It might not be the easiest thing to accomplish, um, right. but, but who said everything is going to be easy, you know? Okay. So we're going to wrap it up right now. Is there any last uh, anything that you want the our audience to know. Um, also, if you want to give the site for the petition again, I, you know, you get the hashtag. Uh, I was always told that if you want people to remember things, you say them three times. Okay. <laughs> but um, if you want to just wrap up with anything else, or, or just yeah, the, uh, I, I would I would urge people to uh, uh, to to fight the snow if it if it occurs. I'm sure there'll be some people dancing the Lindy Hop out there in the snow this uh, this Saturday. <laughs> Uh, and, you know, if you want to get out there and, and get a, a first-hand uh, take on this and and really experience the building, I think that that uh, talking about it in the abstract is one thing, but but getting down there and, and getting a bead uh, on the magnitude of this accomplishment nearly 100 years ago. Um, and, and just keep in mind that you, know, you don't see Europeans knocking down the Leaning Tower of Pizza because it's leaning. You know, you don't see them knocking down the Parthenon because it's missing some, some brickwork or, or mortar. That's a uniquely American thing. 
you know, we just crap on our cultural assets. And and it, this is the time to draw the line in the sand and say, no, we're not going to let this go. You know, we're not going to just let our historical assets be marked by stupid little street signs that say this used to be here or that used to be there. Uh, right. We've got to, we've got a keeper here, and we need to make sure that that the the generations that follow are allowed to experience this place. Right. Anyway, well, thank you so much, Mr. Sargent, for being on the show. We want to thank you for your activism um, in preserving, you know, the cultural significance of Harlem and, and our history. And just thank you very much for like the work that you're doing and your willingness to spread the word and and be out there on the on the front lines. Well, thank you for having me. Okay, great. Okay, well, that's it. That's All right. Okay. Well, have a great evening. I appreciate thank you listening. You. All Bye-bye. right. Bye-bye.